Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. We're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you live to us, not to you, from the Flowwood Studios with Caleb. And we are going to talk about um, some injury stuff today. We're going to talk about uh, injury, what the difference between uh, pain and injury is, what what you know kind of things we typically see with uh, people as they start their health and fitness routine, and uh, some things that you can do to uh, keep yourself from from getting injured and also help yourself if you're dealing with some pain. And it's something that we see a lot and I've dealt with a lot of different types of pain over my, uh, over my lifetime and in my training career. So I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to kind of share uh, some of the stuff we've learned over years to help you guys um, determine the difference and also help you if you are, are having some pain and whatever, uh, whatever you're doing. So it should be a good conversation. This is a good topic because you know, for, for most people, we are wanting to do things that are require a little bit of risk and because we're imperfect. We're humans and nothing is ever perfect and we're not perfect movements and we're trying to do things and stretch ourselves uh, physically so that we can experience the benefits in our health, uh, but also in our body. And when we do that, we have a body that's not perfect and a body that a lot of times has decades of habits that also play into that. And so um, I think there's nothing more frustrating than when you're trying to do all the healthy things, all the right things, and you feel like you're set back with some pain. Uh, and so we want to talk about that so that we can um, hopefully help you and uh, continue the conversation if you are experiencing that and have experienced that. And uh, so we want to be sure to not not minimize it and not uh, not be there for you. Right. That makes that's, sense. that's good. So I've had a quite a, a journey with uh, injury and pain in my uh, athletic career, you know, playing, playing sports before uh, I started uh, doing CrossFit and always worked out consistently. And I spent, when I played baseball and uh, football, I spent a lot of time in the training room, especially in college for baseball. I was always in there icing my elbow or uh, shin splints or my knee or uh, my shoulder and just all kinds of different things. And um, it was something I constantly dealt with. And I just thought it was part of uh, being a, a college athlete was you just are in the training room. And um, as I got out of that and started working out, um, you know, I, I would, you know, have things that popped up from time to time that, that would bother me. But it wasn't until kind of my second year of, uh, of competing when I really was uh, trying to do a lot of squatting and get stronger that I started getting some knee pain. And this is kind of the, the story that led me to completely change the way I looked at pain uh, in general was I, uh, I was doing a lot of squatting. I was doing a heavy, heavy squat cycle one summer, and uh, this was 2011. And uh, I started getting some knee pain in the top of my knee. And uh, it just gradually got worse and worse and got to the point where I couldn't drive more than 10 minutes uh, without putting it on uh, cruise control because I couldn't keep my knee bent for more than 10 minutes. And it was just excruciating pain. 
And this lasted for about six months to the point where I was really worried. I thought I had torn something in my knee. I was going to have to have knee surgery, you know, think about all that type of stuff. I was working a desk job every day as well at the time. So I was just really worried. I was going to have to have surgery, miss work, you know, not be able to compete, compete anymore, all that type of stuff. And just really in, in, in despair. And I was also really frustrated because my main goal for the whole year was to get stronger, get my legs stronger. And my let my, my squat was going down because I, you know, I couldn't really squat. And when I did, it just hurt. And so finally, um, in January that you know, of the following year, so this is about six months later, I was visiting a friend, friend's gym in uh, Texas. And I was telling him about my knee pain. And he said, well, I got this, uh, uh, massage therapist that comes in here every day. And why don't, why don't, why don't, why don't you get him to look at it for you? So I went over there and talked to him and I told him what was going on. And he showed me this chart that he had and he said he he showed the hot spot on the outside of your quad and he said when you have top of knee pain this is where you look and he started massaging it and it was just felt like I was getting a dagger to my to my thigh and he worked on it a bit and he said keep working on this uh for the rest of the week and the weekend um as much as you can so you know I I'm one I'm I'm the type of person that if somebody tells me to do something like that and I, I believe in them I'm gonna do it a lot so I worked on my quad four or five times a day for the next uh, rest of the week and the weekend. And I actually had a competition that weekend. I came back the next week, kept working on it. And then, uh, by the next weekend, it was like, my knee was completely fine. It didn't even hurt anymore. And that to me, that was just like completely changed my perception of pain and injury because something that had been bothering me for six months, so much so that it was affecting my life. I couldn't drive without putting it on cruise control. I couldn't sit in my desk without straight my leg out. And just within a week of working on it, it was completely back to normal. And I was able to start progressing again. And I've kept that uh, concept in mind for um, ever since. And I've had lots of different uh, pain, like pains like that flare up over the years of training. And I've trained at a very high level for a very long time. And I've never had a major injury, never had a serious, um, you know, setback or anything like that because I've always been able to, um, apply those same concepts to everything else. If my shoulder's hurting, I start looking around uh, at what muscles are, are involved to, to see what could be causing it. And I've had, you, you name it, I've had it, shoulder, knee, uh, elbow, heel, hip, all of them. And I've learned over the years that pain is just something that is telling your body something is off and you need to, to address it. And there's a big difference between the pain that you feel um, after a hard workout and your muscles get tight um, and causes inflammation from a, tra- a tra- traumatic injury. Um, so the difference between pain and injury is something that it took me years and years to learn, but it's literally changed my training career because now if I have a pain, I know I'm able to immediately work on it, address it, and uh, within three or four days, I'm back to normal. I would say it's extremely, extremely, extremely rare for injury to happen gradually Mm. so i think injuries happen and you know you're injured something happens i get in a car wreck uh, i'm injured or i fall off a box i'm injured those kinds of things do happen most of i would say 90 percent of the pain that people feel if you can't point back to a certain moment where something happened that wasn't supposed to happen um, then most likely that's when that's when that becomes the case when you can really start to trust that oh, maybe this pain, which the pain is real, and I know it hurts, and I know it's hard to fathom that it could be muscular, like you said, that you can trust that if you don't remember an instance where there was a trauma, 
then there's a great likelihood that there is a gradual tightness in a muscle that is causing some inflammation in a joint that's making you in all your life experience feel like you were injured. And I think for, for us, our job is to help people kind of take a step back and realize that that pain is, um, is not as bad as it feels. The reason why you felt and you were so scared by it and frustrated by it is because you loved exercise and you had a goal with exercise and you felt like that was going out the window. Um, and so I think for just a preface that I think a lot of people, their biggest fear and the reason that pain is so scary is because they don't want to lose mm -hmm. exercise. They love exercise. They love the progress they're making. And so I think what our job is to do is to try to help you, the listeners and help our members realize that there is some hope. You know, and it's not, you're not going to lose everything. Let's start to take some time. Um, what did you feel like? What is, what is something, I guess, with that knowledge that you learned firsthand? I can tell you about how you helped me with this through the years and how that process for me was also challenging. But what do you think is a way that you have really helped our members hopefully prevent those things that you learned maybe the hard way? So the biggest thing, and I, you know, you learned that I've learned this over the years of we, a, a lot of people stop coming or leave because of pain a lot. And so I learned very early on that how important it was to teach people that pain is just your body's trying to get your attention. It's not an injury. And unfortunately we're fighting an uphill battle because a lot of people come in with a preconceived notion that, Oh, I'm, I might get hurt doing this because there's a lot of people out there saying that. And as soon as they get some pain, it's, Oh, you know, I knew I was going to get hurt doing this or somebody else is telling them I knew you shouldn't have doing that. You're going to get hurt. And then they quit coming. And unfortunately that keeps them from making the progress that we know that they could, could have. And so to me, it's extremely, extremely important to communicate this constantly. I try to t teach all our coaches this as quickly as possible and constantly put it in their ear to always not only be looking, you know, listening for people if, if they feel something's going on to tell them immediately, you know, let me know as soon as something's going on, if we can, you know, catch it early, we'll be able to teach you a few things to do and knock it out in a couple of days if you'll do it. Um, but number two, to be watching, watching people move. And if you start seeing somebody like grabbing their shoulder after they're doing a shoulder press or, you know, uh, favoring something or trying to modify things, immediately trying to address the cause and knock it out. Because it's one of those things where, like you said, if you let the inflammation linger around, and it keeps getting worse and worse. Your body what happens when inflammation happens is your body's going to tighten everything up to protect it. And then you can overcompensate and really hurt yourself uh, because you're overcompensating to the other side and putting yourself in a vulnerable position and that type of thing. So I am always trying to be on the lookout for that. If I see anybody in class that's doing, you know, having any symptoms or signs of pain, I try to tell them immediately. I always try to talk about it and inform our coaches, you know, what, what to do. And, uh, you know, luckily there's a lot of members who I have been able to help over the years. And so they trust me enough to be able to, if they have something going on, they come and, um, and tell me immediately, Hey, this is going on. What should I do? And I can give them something. And if they do it, they'll, they'll knock it out. But I have so many people that'll tell me, you've saved me so much money from having to go see the doctor or having to go PT visits. And I've been there, I've gone to the doctor so many times and I've gone to PT so many times and kept going back and just feeling frustrated of, you know, I get diagnosed with this thing and I do PT or I, I take time off and, and it comes right back when I start working out. And so that's the first thing is just try to inform our members and our coaches um, through, you know, our members through our coaches of how important it is to 
start to be knowledgeable of your body and pay attention to what it's trying to tell you because your body is very, very smart and it's going to adapt um, to be able to do the work that is required. Um, so you have to pay attention to the, uh, to the signs. If you start, if you wake up and your shoulders bothering you a little bit and you just ignore it, well, it's going to gradually get worse and worse and worse. Your body's trying to get your attention and tell you something. And if you can start to listen to it, you'll be able to do this infinitely. You know, I've been training, uh, at a high level since 2010. And before that I, I lifted weights for 15 years. So, and played sports my whole life. And so I have never had any type of serious injury except for in college for baseball when I tore my uh, labrum swinging uh, at a pitch, and that was because I was tight. And so um, I've been able to do this, and I'll, I don't ever foresee myself getting injured, knock on wood, because I've learned to listen to my body and take care of it. Even though my mobility is not very good, my flexibility is not very good, I've learned how to uh, be able to deal with the pains and that type of thing. I think for for everyone listening, it's important to understand that everybody's unique. And so we bring unique factors uh, into play. A lot of it goes back to how we were raised and some of the habits we had when we were growing up and some of the ways, you know, for most people, the easy one, and most of us all share this, is we spent time in grade school and then in college uh, and then at work sitting. And so we talk about what are the effects of sitting and how does that affect your exercise? And some people think, oh, the exercise is what's wrong. I need to change that. But what's what's probably wrong is 20 years, 30 years of sitting you know, tens of thousands of hours sitting in a position and then trying to go to the gym and just immediately be able to get into a, uh, an upright position. Um, and so there, those are little examples, I think, for me personally, um, understanding, like you said, learning my body, learning the things that I need to maybe do a little bit extra of that the person beside me, it may be a little bit different. And that takes time to learn. And we want to be able to guide people to learn, okay, I'm chronically having lower back pain Let's start tying together that, oh, I have a job where I'm driving, you know, all weekend or I'm having to travel on the weekends for this. Okay, maybe it is something where I know I uniquely need to spend a little more time on my glutes to help and my hamstrings and my hip because of the type of job that I have. You know, someone that's walking around all day in the hospital back and forth, they may be a lot more and have a high arch. They may be more likely to have some sort of heel pain um, that if left unchecked could develop into something where someone who's sitting, maybe it's not their heel, maybe it's their lower back, or maybe it's someone's shoulders from the way that they're just rounded forward. Uh, and so understanding that person may need to roll out their traps a little more because they're always tight. And so we want to help people understand that it's okay to... It's not the exercises. Um, the exercise doesn't need to change. What we need to do is just get a little more educated and not throw someone into the deep end without taking that first prerequisite to recognize your body first. So everybody is unique and has their own um, you know, background and history and genetics and all that type of stuff. But we all have very similar lifestyles that involves a tremendous amount of sitting either sitting at a desk or sitting in a car and across the board um, the more somebody sits for their job or on a day-to-day -day basis their worse their mobility is and the more more likely to get injured is and I see it every single time and the two things that happen is the shoulders get rounded forward and the hips uh, hip flexors get tight and you lose internal and external rotation of your hips and so what that causes you to be able to not be able to do is number one, be able to lift your arms up over your head without arching your back. 
and you see if if you go to um, talk to a surgeon uh, who a, a sports surgeon or go to a physical therapist and ask them the majority of people that they see a, the vast majority of them are going to be people who hurt themselves moving something in their house or working in the yard or something along those lines with their shoulder because they can't put their arms up over their shoulder without arching their back or in, in a compromised position because their shoulder is so rounded forward they can't externally rotate and activate their lats. Um, the same thing with the, uh, the the hips. Okay, so we sit so much, our, uh, our hips get tight and we can't use our glutes and so we use our low back. Okay, so so many people hurt their low back picking up something off the ground in their garage, same thing, working in the yard, uh, working on their car or whatever, picking up grocery bag or uh, dog food or something because they are they can't use their glutes they use their back those are the two biggest injuries you'll see across the board outside of the gym just random you know you know everyday people that type of thing so um, let's let's dig a little deeper on that uh, the biggest strongest muscle of the upper body is meant to be the lat okay and the biggest strongest muscle of the lower body is meant to be the glute. It's called the gluteus maximus because it's supposed to be the biggest, strongest muscle. The latimus dorsus is supposed to be the biggest muscle in the upper body. But when we don't have the proper range of motion, we can't activate those muscles and use them very well. So what happens? Like I said earlier, our body is extremely smart. It's going to find a way to get the work done, but it's going to use different muscles to it. So it's going to use a lot smaller muscles who weren't meant to carry the load that the glutes and the lats were. What happens? Those muscles easily get overworked, and then when they start getting overworked, they get tight. Uh, your body protects it; it causes inflammation. You get get pain, and then you know, next thing you know, you get injured. Or you you can like if you don't have hardly any muscle built up or flexibility at all, you can immediately get hurt. And so that's what happens. And so all that is caused because of a the chronic lifestyle that we have day to day of sitting in a desk, sitting in a car, sitting in an airplane, sitting on the couch, sitting, sitting, sitting. If you go back and like, there's videos going around you can find of like soldiers in World War One. I've seen uh, World War Two squatting to shoot a gun in perfect squat form, feet together, chest up, um, looking like, you know, kids do on the playground. That's a, that's another great example of our bodies came out uh, we came out of the womb naturally able to perform these functional movements and our lifestyles put us away uh took us away from doing that but you can look back a hundred years and people were able to get in those positions what because they didn't sit in a car all day they didn't sit at a desk all day they were moving around they were walking well modern lifestyle has made it to where most of our time is sitting and so we we get in these bad positions then we can't get in positions that the body was meant to perform if you go and watch a kid on the playground three four five year old kid they can squat perfectly. You know, babies can all have perfect squat form, every single one of them. They can run, they can jump, they can put their arms up over the head. What happens when they start school? They start sitting in a desk all day. What happens? You go, the difference between the mobility of a five-year-old and a kid that's nine, that's been sitting at a desk all day, all of a sudden we'll, we'll have nine-year-old kids try to squat and they can't keep their chest up because they've spent four years sitting in a desk and a lot of times the desk is the, si the same size for everyone and if it's a tall kid, they're so hunched over that they can't even um, get, you know, they can't even sit up right in their desk or, you know, now kids are looking at their iPads all the time when they're three years old. And so then they're, mm -hmm. they're hunched forward the same thing. And so all, all that to say, modern lifestyle has made it so that mobility and flexibility has gone out the window and we can't um, do things that we could, uh, that we should be able to do. And so then when you come to the gym, 
and you're trying to do a basic functional movement with a very light weight or a PVC pipe, you can't do it anymore because of the years and years and years that you spent um, in these bad positions. The other thing that happens is when you do start to get into those positions, then we walk out of the gym and we go right back into the tight position and those muscles that we've just used, stretched, have been very active, um, have broken down and as the process of building muscle, all of a sudden then we spend the rest of the 23 hours until we walk in the gym in that tight position and then we come back into the gym and we try to stretch and we start going through those ranges of motion and all of a sudden it's, uh, it feels you know, you build that up day after day after day, and all of a sudden you start to feel pain. And so that is what creates that tightness. And so I think that what we've really tried to do is really isolate the most common areas of injury. And we've tried to spend every day, spend a little bit of time just educating our clients on how to, uh, on how to manage that before and after exercise. One of the things that's uh, important for me and as a as you know working in operations and trying to help our train our coaches is to realize we maximize our time in the gym because it gives us even more time for our clients to spend doing those things that are gonna uh, it's gonna create sustainability in their fitness routine and sometimes people come in and you know they drop in from another gym and they've never been on a foam roller and they've never been on a lacrosse ball and so all these things are brand new and I think that's what a lot of the general public misses about what we do that may be different than, than someone else is really spending the time saying, hey, we're going to not do a 40-minute workout. Our workout's going to be 20 minutes. Our workout's going to be 12 minutes, but we're going to spend 60 minutes taking care of your body and really moving through. You know, People ask all the time, why do we do scat pull-ups and scat push-ups and things to increase range of motion and strength around the shoulders? And so... Uh, all of those things are based on us doing our best to minimize the risk because we inherently know where our members have been for 23 hours and what they've probably looked like physically. And so we build that into into the culture and into what we believe is, is um, a huge component of living and being in the best shape of your life. So to me, the most important part of class is the mobility and the warm-up. And it's really frustrating to me when I see people just not taking it serious. And across the board, the people who are constantly having pain or injury or that type of thing are the ones that are talking during that period and not really taking it serious. And I'm not saying um, like that's not a time to just not talk and get to, to know people, but there's a reason we are doing the lacrosse ball. And there's a reason that you know a lot of people don't like to do it because they say it hurts. That's because you don't ever do it if you do it consistently, it'll, it'll get better. But we spend so much time working on the shoulders and the hips because those are the two biggest problem areas that cause pain and injury. And if you don't ever work on them, you will eventually start having some type of pain. And so that's why we spend so much time doing that. And then the warm up, I put in there, uh, physical therapy exercises that I know are going to build up the, the muscles in the low back and the glutes to help, um, the body start getting into a better position to be able to perform and exercise quickly because better because if you don't do that you number one are going to be much more likely to get injured down the road and number two it's going to hurt your performance because you can't like i said the lats and the glutes are supposed to be the strongest muscles in the body and if you can't use them you're not going to be able to perform as well as you can so to me for so many people that is the most important part of class if you would spend give a hundred percent of your effort to mobility uh, to the mobility part of your class and 50% of effort to the, to the workout, 
I, in a year, I would bet money that you'll be better off um, physically um, and be fitter than if you if you gave 50% of your effort to the mobility and 100% of the workout, which was, mm-hmm. was what most people do. And so to me, that part of the class is the most important class. And so I get frustrated when people um, just don't take it serious and, you know, just kind of sit there and talk and then, oh, I'm just here for the workout and then leave. Well, you're setting yourself up to, number one, you're not going to make a, you're, you're going to hit a plateau and you're never going to be able to break, break past it because you're not in, improving your mobility. Number two, you're going to be much more likely to get hurt. And so uh, that's why um, we do the things we do every single day in class. And that is extremely, extremely important part of class. And I've even toyed around with, at, you know, adding in, um, longer periods of just mobility and stretching because I know that is what most people need. Mm -hmm. And if like, I even tell competitors, if you really want to make a lot of progress, spend more time doing mobility, spend 20 minutes, literally 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour doing mobility. If you uh, watch the uh, CrossFit games, watch the best athletes in the world. Yeah, they're all the fittest in the world, but you know why they're fit? Because they all have world-class mobility. Every single one of them has world-class mobility. Some of the best mobility in the world. So their bodies. And, and if they don't, and if they don't, they don't that is, it. they don't make it. No. And you can look at you guys like Chandler yeah. Smith, and you can see anybody that has a little bit of inefficiency in a movement, mm-hmm. it's going to show up. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with CrossFit Games athletes. You would not believe how much time they spend warming up in mobility and stretching. And they're spending all their extra time doing mobility. They're stretching at night. They're stretch. They, they, like, you go to a semifinal, go in the back. There's people that get there two hours before their event and spend 30 to 45 minutes doing mobility stuff before they even start warming up. They're getting like spending way more time doing mobility than they are actually working hey, out. Hey, as you get older, it get, becomes even more important. I think it was the coolest thing. Shout out to uh, Jeff Prejean. I don't even I don't know Jeff real well. I know you you have a, a history with him competing and mm-hmm. and a friendship and um, a guy that traveled for for his job and ended up getting to drop in when I first started coaching. Um, we would let him come in and he would drop in and he'd go do his things in the back. He was a games athlete uh, in the masters division and so he would come in and the thing that amazed me the most was his workouts were not long his workouts were not the longest he didn't walk in the gym and just start squatting he would go over with a band and he would do thoracic rotations and he would do core stability movements as a warm-up and activation movements and it was 30 minutes of that and then he'd do his workout and it'd be he'd be gone in a blink but i would see him over there and he he was spending to me it looked like such a large amount of his time on the mobility piece but what that allowed him to do was to give to operate at a hundred percent capacity in the movement and so he was making progress whereas for other people they were spending the first half of their workout just getting loose enough and to move efficiently Mm -hmm. or a thruster was feeling a lot harder because that bar is leaning forward and the squat is hunched over whereas that person who's doing the mobility when they start to squat they're up and down up and down and moving the most efficiently and so you see examples of that over and over and i think we sometimes just glance past it past it um or we think that it's going to take an hour it's like oh i don't have time for all that mobility and we we minimize how much five minutes can help you know five minutes on the glutes at night on a lacrosse ball is not a lot of time but it can make a huge difference in your entire workout the next day and how you feel and so even small increments and so just like when we start with 
you know, with other new habits. Don't feel like you've got to just download an app and do a 40-minute ROMWOD every night in order to make progress. You can find, you know, what are the one or two things that you struggle with the most? Ask your coach, what's a good stretch for this? Or what's something we do in the class? Why do we do that? And then just do five minutes of it. And like you said, those little, that habit stacking will build to where over six months you're going to realize you may not even know that you prevented an injury. And that's yep. what's hard about it. It's like we don't know the injuries we're preventing from that. Uh, and so just trusting, though, from experience and seeing others and say, everyone says the same thing. Injury prevention is the key to long-term progress. Or just spending fo- the, the first part of class foc- actually focused on what you're doing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be extra. Yeah. Yeah. If you will do that and make that like every single day, I'm going to 100% focus on the mobility that we're doing and the warm-up and doing it correctly and working on the muscles. And yeah, I'm going to talk to my friends while I can do it. You can multitask and do that. But if you will focus and make that a priority every single day, you will be amazed at how much better your body will feel and how much um, faster you'll progress. Because then when you actually start working out, you can get in better positions. You can uh, you don't have to fight your body when you're doing movements. Um, and you're going to be able to use the bigger muscles and they're going to grow faster and you'll be able to make progress much faster. And so if you look at the top, um, p- the top performers, uh, in the gym, um, the, the, the better, uh, somebody performs, uh, the more time they spend on mobility and the less time they spend on mobility, the le- the less progress they're going to make. And so, you know, if you go to the top, they're the ones that are spending the most time on mobility or have them have the most time under their belt. You know, there's some people that come in with a gymnastics background that they have spent years and years and years earning that mobility and that range of motion and building their, and so it doesn't take them as much time uh, to be able to maintain it as it's somebody who has spent years and years and years sitting in a, in a desk. And unfortunately you're the, you're the type of person um, that's going to have to undo all those years. Um, And so that's just something to keep in mind is that uh, you got to put the time in one way or the other. Either you came into it with years of it under your belt or you're going to have to put the, the work in now. But even if you have years under your belt, you're still going to have to spend time maintaining it um, as you get into it because your body's going to uh, regress uh, in, into tightness if you don't spend time working on it. One thing I'll say um, just kind of to close is is one thing we see a lot of is, is this kind of a, a back and forth kind of spiral between um, how much paying attention to your nutrition and a healthy body weight relates to healthy muscles and healthy um, less pain. And so one thing that I would say too is that we don't want pain. Pain is not something that you have to to bear in order to make progress. We definitely don't want pain and pain should not be a part of it. We want to stay away from pain. We want to, if something hurts, we don't want to do it. We want to take time to do that. Um, But one thing that we do see over time is that if you come into um, your health journey with a goal of uh, losing weight or a goal of being in the best shape of your life, the importance of nutrition on preventing pain is also a huge component because we see people so often who are um, maybe try to do things at a weight that they know is not the healthiest and it's you're at a lot more of a risk for injury you know we have people all the time that come in and and they're in pain not from exercising but just from carrying around excess weight and so if that's you if you feel like you're in pain in your ankles and your knees and your hips um, and you know that you've got weight to lose uh, don't minimize the importance of addressing your nutrition and how much that's going to also along with the mobility, along with the movement, also contribute to getting out of pain. And so uh, I think that's just a note worth saying is, you know, we want to make sure if you're in pain, 
you can make amazing progress towards that with also addressing the nutrition and starting with uh, starting with getting to that healthy weight where you know you need to be. And and also a lot of the foods that we eat are very pro-inflammatory and they can cause inflammation and exacerbate the inflammation um, and make it worse. And um, by eliminating a lot of those inflammatory foods, you can also help with your, your pain as well. Um, I, I want to finish with saying uh, too that if you do have pain and that's just part of it, number one, if you start an exercise uh, journey, just know that you will from time to time have pain and not take it to the point where, oh, I'm hurt. I need to stop or what I'm, I'm doing something wrong. That doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. It means your body is changing. Uh, maybe you overwork some muscle and realizing it's just all it is, is your body's trying to get your attention and that you need to make some time a type of change. And so that's the first step. Number two would be do not just rest and stop because if you stop and don't address the root cause when you start back it's just going to come right back and i see that i see that way too way too often is people i'm um, having this pain so i'm going to take a week off and then come back well then you're going to come back and you're going to start doing it's going to come right back um as as opposed to i uh, the the better option is to let me work around this and find something that's going to address the root cause and um continue to uh, exercise and at the same time, try to uh, address and fix the problem. So to me, I always go, number one, let's find the soft tissue work that we need to, uh, to do to fix the problem. So all, like I said earlier, I always um, will have this troubleshooting conversation with somebody if they have pain. Okay, what, what were you doing uh, the day before? You know, when did the pain start? What were you doing the day before? Um, and then we can start thinking about the muscles that were being used and possibly um, finding what might be, uh, inflamed. And then I'll, I'll say, do you mind if I, you know, feel around on your back or your tricep or whatever and see if I can find the problem. And then we'll typically find a spot that hurts way worse than everything else. I'll, and then it goes, okay, let's do, um, some soft tissue work on this spot. But most people will do it once and then say, oh, it, it's not any better. Um, it didn't work. And it, one time is not going to be enough. You're going to have to, you got to think about, you're still going to be using those muscles day to day, even in your life, in your day to day life, you're still going to be using those muscles. So it's going to take, um, a, a pretty good amount of work to get it on, uh, to get it, you know, the inflammation out. So I usually tell people three to five times a day for a minute at a time. If you can do three to five times a day for a minute at a time, after four or five days, you should, the pain should be gone at that point. Then at that point, we got the pain out. So now we need to do something to address the reason that it happened in the first place. And typically that's going to be improving range of motion. So most people that's going to be improving your internal external rotation of your hips or, and, or shoulders, um, or possibly improving your hip extension. Um, so doing couch stretch, that type of thing. Um, and that's going to be a little bit longer process of let's improve this range of motion that caused us not be able to use the muscles correctly. So number one is addressing the soft, doing the soft tissue work to get the inflammation out. Number two is uh, getting the uh, range of motion so you can use the correct muscles. Is number three is building up those weaker muscles that haven't been being used as much because you haven't been able to access them. So you got to get the range of motion and then build those those lower trap muscles, those glute muscles, that type of thing. But if you get the range of motion um, down, your body will naturally start doing those. But you can also do, um, you know, physical therapy type movements. Uh, as well to strengthen those muscles as well and kind of activate them before you do a movement. So, 
Um, that's kind of the three-step process that I do for people. And then um, eventually they get to the point where they're, they're using the correct muscles and the, the pain is, is few and far between at that point. But it is a process. So um, I would just encourage you, if you are uh, someone that has some pain now or has dealt with it in the past, um, keep that in mind um, and try to, uh, you know, go through that troubleshooting process. And, um, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than being hurt and feeling like, I really motivated. I really want to make progress, but I can't work out because X, Y, Z. And, um, I'm just here to tell you that that is not a, um, a death sentence. It doesn't mean that you're hurt. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to stop working out. All it means is you need to figure out what's causing it. We, I think we've worked really hard to have a culture where people feel the freedom to come in and recognize that they don't have to do the same workout that someone else is doing in order to make progress in their journey. And so if you have pain or you have, you know, something that is, is not ideal, we don't want you to do it because it's probably not going to be a great effort if you're working around that pain. Um, and it's just going to lead to more frustration and it's going to kind of extend the life of that injury or that pain. And so what we want to do is make sure that you feel comfortable to come in and our coaches would love to help you find something that's not going to be a pain. Let's, let's work around it. Like you said, and then we want to work with you to try to find what it is because when you find that peace of mind, not only are you going to get out of pain sooner, but you're also going to realize that you probably have a lifestyle that has a tendency towards that. And it probably is going to happen again. And so now what you know is, okay, this worked, I can work on it. Now I'm going to do it even before I have the pain. And I am going to start taking that scap lacrosse ball or the lat more seriously. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to prevent pain now. And then you're in a place where you are educated to prevent things in the future. And you can string together these long stretches where you're not worried about injury. Uh, and so I think for, for us, we just want people to know, like the, I think it is completely normal for you to come up to the coach and say, uh, or it's completely okay for you to come up to the coach and say, Hey, you know, this is kind of bothering me. What can I work on? How can you help me figure out why I'm having this pain? And we want to do that because it's like, like we talked about the whole time, our bodies aren't perfect and we're, we're all on a journey to do that. And everybody's on a, at a different place and everybody comes in with different backgrounds and uh, a different body. So, uh, it's a part of the process. It's a part of why we're here. Very good. That was a great discussion. So let's move on to the next segment outside the box. So, uh, for me outside the box, we got something really exciting coming up. We got our coyote fitness 10 year anniversary in March, March 4th, uh, 2013, uh, 2013 was when we, uh, officially opened and we are going to be having a awesome, uh, celebration at the end of March. We're going to be having a uh, party at the Coyote Fitness Madis- Madison location at, at 12 o'clock on Saturday, and we're going to we're inviting everybody to come out to to it. Current members, former members, anybody and everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're just going to celebrate 10 years. And we got some cool um, cool stuff going on. We're going to have crawfish. We're going to have uh, adult beverages, kid beverages, kid uh, play area. Um, crawfish and uh, a couple of surprises as well so we're inviting um everybody to come out and i'm really looking forward to it and hopefully we'll see uh some people who uh, have helped make uh coyote such a great place over the years and it's been amazing to think uh 10 years have flown by and and how far we've come in 10 years and uh just it makes me so grateful and thankful for all the uh the people who have been a part of it over the years so i'm really looking forward to uh to uh an outside the box on a nice uh Saturday afternoon in March. Yeah, that's going to be, we as we've started planning for this and trying to line up the details of it, I think re- people are really excited about it. And uh, it's something that we just undervalue how important it is to spend time outside of, outside of the exercise um, 
environment with the people who you exercise with. You don't realize how much you probably have in common with people. And in the course of an hour where you come in and go straight to work and uh, just kind of get start getting things done, it, you, you really, you can develop bonds. Like we talk about that shared suffering and you just don't realize it till you get people around their families and start hanging out that you really have connected with people on and, you know, spending four or five hours with people every week is rare, especially in an environment that's not uh, required like work. Uh, and so it really is a, it's a time I'm excited about. And, uh, I just, I love watching people make connections and the things that they're going on in their life outside of the gym. Uh, and it just brings people together. When you do get back to the gym, people are, uh, you know, those deeper connections, I think are a huge part of the health journey and being in the best shape of your life. A lot of that is having people to people to spend time with and people that you get to exercise with. And so, that's something I'm excited about. We uh, we got about a month. Yeah. I started thinking. Month, yeah. I was like, oh, it sounds into March. It sounds like that's about a month and a half. But uh, we're sneaking up. It's March. Yep. So. What What about you? You got anything else going on? That's, that's it. What, that's what that's I got it. going got on outside. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to getting outside yeah, the box yeah, in yeah. a month. No, it's gonna be It's gonna be fun. And hopefully, uh, if you if you listen, if you're a listener and uh, you uh, live in the uh, Jackson area, you can make it. Or if not, you can fly in because we'd love to have you. (laughs) Yes, please uh, come in. Let us know where you're coming Uh, from. Just RSVP. We'll send you the QR code. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, So uh, uh, you got any uh, recommends before we wrap it up? Yeah, so uh, there's a a show on Netflix. This is getting to golf season. I already had to turn down my first golf scramble. The golf scrambles are adding up through the year. And uh, Hunter's getting a little, just rolling his eyes now. And, as uh, long as they're Sunday, you can <laughs> Yeah, do that's right. No, they're always on, they're always on Monday or Thursday. Uh, no, so there's a, there's a Netflix documentary called Full Swing. It's uh, the Drive to Survive guys came together and they decided to do uh, a special on the PGA Tour and uh, all the things that are going on there and some of the lives of golfers. And it's a, it's a sport that most people, when they see on TV, it's just could not be more boring and most people that don't play golf especially not in a million years would you sit down on a Sunday afternoon and it is a boring product and what they've done is they've created a product that makes it fun and engaging and in the way that you would consume another type of sport Uh, and so I think it's a great introduction into golf I think that's what it was kind of meant to be is for people that only see just the slow kind of monotone golf podcast on the weekend or uh, golf broadcast uh, and so full swing it's on Netflix It's a really kind of in-depth look at some of the lives of, uh, some of the golfers that I get to watch and, uh, that I watch on a regular basis. And so, uh, I'd recommend it if you're a golf fan or not, this is something, uh, my Sarah, my wife actually watched with me and she was very into it. And so it's something that you can watch, uh, with just about anybody. And there's an entertainment aspect that you wouldn't expect from golf. So full swing it's on Netflix, check it out. I'm going to double down on that one because I started it as well and I really enjoyed it and uh, I haven't finished it yet, but I have been enjoying watching it and I don't really watch golf. I don't follow it. To me, golf was something that my dad would watch when I was growing up and I'd take a nap on Sunday afternoon on the couch. Uh, Golf and NASCAR were the two things that he would put on and I would fall asleep immediately. Um, But the show is cool and it's interesting and it's well done and it's cool to see a little behind the scenes and uh, humanize those guys and... um, they make a whole lot of money too, so it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Seeing flying around on a private jets and winning multi million dollars in a weekend, but it is cool and uh, it was a good show. And I uh, recommend uh, checking that out on Netflix. So, with that, we will wrap this episode up, and we will catch you guys next time.
the silky smooth sounds.